This is man against machine. All right? I'm not here to scare you. I'm just telling you that this ELD situation is out of control because they are using a computer algorithm to audit your logs on things that you've never looked at before. If you missed it last week, after you get through today's edition of Overdrive Radio for the week ending Friday, February 18th, take a run through my report about carrier audit activity from the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration for the balance of the year 2021. With stats pulled early this month, it's clear the agency has not done what then Enforcement Chief Joe DiLorenzo hoped for in late 2020 when he noted a footing for enforcement getting back to some sense of normalcy after the pandemic emergency that year. In plenty of ways, the emergency continues and the relative downtick of audit activities obscures what plenty carriers, I'm sure, hope will not become some kind of new normal. I'm Todd Dills, and as I wrote last week, that's the reality that the majority, I repeat, the majority, more than half of all safety ratings issued in 2021, were the adverse conditional rating. That's far from a death sentence for a carrier, but it will present issues with some shipper customers and brokers' willingness to do business with you, no doubt. Part of the reason for that is the shift documented in that story to more off-site auditing activity. Started as the COVID-19 pandemic put new priorities on the government, and all of us really, to limit person-to-person -person contact. The agency granted itself the authority then to issue safety ratings with such audits, inventing a rather oxymoronic phrase for audits that rise above their purely off-site category to what they're calling quote-unquote, remote on-site audits. But as an FMCSA spokesperson reiterated to me last week, they still can't issue a satisfactory rating as a result of such an audit. What they can do, however, is tag a small fleet or independent with a conditional rating with that new remote audit, or, as the case may be, put the carrier effectively out of service with an unsatisfactory. Fleet Safety Services Compliance Consultant Jeff Davis is the voice you heard at the top, Delivering the central message one might take from today's podcast, it's a selection of part of his talk at the National Association of Small Trucking Companies annual conference in November in Nashville here. The man-against-machine nature of enforcement in this day and age. Well, it means ELDs have emphatically not delivered carriers from hours-related enforcement, particularly at the investigatory level when FMCSA auditors come calling a small fleet's own audits of their driver's logs for unassigned miles and much, much more is still a necessary task for the back office, even for one truck independence with more direct on-highway control of their own logging destiny. We'll hear a lot more about that today with Davis, and a little note on his talk before we get started here. When he spoke at the NASTIC event, he was using a variety of slides with the presentation. Given the audio format here, you'll obviously not have the benefit of those slides, but he's descriptive enough, I feel that you don't really need them to get the full import of his talk. Okay, we'll dive right into his breakdown of how FMCSA approaches safety rating in a quote-unquote compliance review. The agency's phrase for an audit, of course. We'll dive in, that is, after this message from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. 
First Guard provides commercial truck insurance to leased owner operators done right. As we've done for more than 80 years, we provide physical damage and non-trucking. Many companies make you pay up to six months of insurance premiums up front, but not First Guard. We bill monthly, so you get quality insurance without needing to pay a lot of cash up front. Go to firstguard.com. That's one S-T guard.com. First Guard, we speak trucker. Let's talk. basic grading factor of a compliance review, all right? Factor two and factor three, hours of service are double weighted. So in a compliance review, if you get a critical violation in either one of those factors, let's say you get a critical violation in hours of service, your drug testing, your driver qualification, your accidents, hazmat maintenance is all perfect. If you get a critical violation as defined in the regulations in the compliance review, you are automatically a conditional motor carrier, hard stop. You need to start writing your layoff plan. You need to start looking for insurance and you need to start calling your brokers and shippers and begging for forgiveness. Okay, that's how serious this hours of service stuff is. All right, a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, some of these other factors, you can have violations in alcohol and drug testing, you have violations in maintenance, and still maintain your safety rating. But if you're over the crash factor or over have a critical violation in hours of service, you're automatically conditional. ELD requirements, okay? Again, very simply, 150 air mile radius, you can use a time card or a grid log. Outside the 150 air mile radius, eight days or more in a rolling 30 day period, not a calendar, in a rolling 30 day period, eight days or more, it has to be an ELD. For that day, and that day only, if the rolling 30 total days drops you down below eight. Conversely, if you're less than eight days, outside that 155, 150 air mile radius, that can be done on a manual log. A couple clients playing driver bingo. They got 10 drivers, they brought them to the room, who wants an ELD? No drivers raise their hand. But senior driver one and senior driver two had the long runs that would require an ELD. So this carrier now is playing driver bingo rotating drivers and does it to this day does not have any If that example was unclear, what Davis is describing there is a small fleet owner's ability to keep every driver under that eight day threshold in any rolling 30 day period spent outside the since last year new 150 air mile short haul radius, outside of which drivers must use a grid logbook. Splitting up the longer runs in essence among drivers, it sounds like was the chief strategy there. When it comes to those audits though, and the outsized importance hours of service violations can have in conditional ratings, Davis went on to spend a good deal of time addressing back office management of unassigned miles, much else besides, germane to any independent or small fleet in the audience when it comes to keeping things buttoned up ahead of any audit. This, this is a whole hour right here on how to audit ELDs. And I do want to hit unassigned miles. I think that's really important. Uh, before we close up here. Uh, 
the agency is required in an audit to review a sample size of logs. So for instance, in a carrier that's, let's say six to 15, they have to look at 150 logs. And it's how the motor carrier scores on those 150 logs determines their hour of service score, which ultimately determines maintaining their safety rating. See how that works? So what we want to do is learn to figure out who the agency is going to select. And I'll give you some tips on that. But an off-site audit, which was in the regulations prior to COVID, what the motor carrier does is they do 90 logs three drivers for 30 days. True story, client Chicago, 150 trucks, going through a compliance review, all right? They picked three drivers and luckily the auditor picked it on Friday. So the plan was we had to log in and the password. So we were gonna go in and audit those three drivers. Well, I got a phone call from the motor carrier. Hey Jeff, we got a problem. What's the problem? Well, driver so-and-so, was in the sleeper berth all month. <laughs> okay. Well, what happened the month before? Well, he was in the sleeper berth the month before. So to cut to the chase, how long? Well, if you go back six months, he's been in the sleeper berth. We already had the fuel. Well, he's bought 350 fuel purchases and you didn't sleep. He says, what do you think the DOT is going to say about that? I'm going to say, at least they can't get us for a fatigued driver, maybe hauling around a dead person, but they're not going to get us for being fatigued. That was 30 out of 90 false logs. The carrier would have gotten a conditional, but because of COVID and they hadn't changed the regulations where they could issue safety ratings offsite, I would sit there and said, I got you conditional, but I can't give it to you. Take this as fair warning to learn. So and really tough, the larger you get. Um, here's a driver sample. This is normally how they pick always drivers with recordable accidents. So if you have a driver that's involved in a DOT crash, whether it's their fault or not, rest assured that driver has become an audit suspect. So his hours of service will be reviewed. His driver file will be reviewed, his drug testing will be reviewed, the maintenance of his vehicle will be retrieved. All right. Question here from an audience member about how far an auditor might look back when selecting a driver audit. They usually use a year on the accident to calculate the accident rate, but they'll pick drivers that were involved in a DOT recordable crash during that time, and that becomes an audit suspect. So therefore, what we learn from that is if I'm an audit suspect, then I've got to pay close attention to my logs, to my maintenance, to my driver files, because they're select. We're about 85%. I, I can hit the selection about 85% of the time when the agency walks in, because they get a list of 20 names. They don't know Jones from Smith. But if Jones had a DOT reportable crash, bingo, you got him there. They build this matrix. And this matrix, again, this example is 16 to 50 drivers, 210 logs. In other words, given the fairly large sample size pulled by the auditors in this example that Jeff Davis was sharing, this was a somewhat more sizable carrier. And the motor carrier is allowed up to 20 violations in each category, not combined. 
Now, you ready for a little icing? You're getting a little quiet on me. Let me give you a little icing. Okay? Let's talk on the roadside. Basic current roadside policy is anything 15 minutes or more will be cited. Okay? Hours of service. Driver had one the other day that one I didn't show you, nominal driver was three minutes over and they wrote him for a nominal violation. Okay, not critical. All right, so you are allowed up to that violation limit in an audit. On the roadside, they use 15 minutes. In the office, according to national enforcement policy, that could change tomorrow. But the national enforcement policy states that the violation must be 50 miles or an hour over the selected limits. So I get in a roadside inspection, I'm 20 minutes over, I'm gonna, uh, my driving time, so I will get a hours of service violation that says I exceeded the 11 hour driving rule. In an audit, if they come in and look at that same violation, that will not count one as your critical. Could change tomorrow, but it's been that way since 2008. Purpose of that is if they're gonna say, I had a false fuel and they've got a fuel ticket for today of me buying fuel in Nashville and my log says I'm out in Montana in the sleeper berth, that's false log. But my log says I'm in Goodlettsville or Hendersonville at the NASTIC headquarters. Pretty tough to do a falsification there. All right? Please listen to me clear. I did not say violate the hours of service in any way. I did say that there's two different standards between roadside and office in an audit. Question here from transportation attorney Hank Seaton, who's out in the audience, that aimed to reemphasize the non-randomness of the sample that is selected for review. In response, Davis reemphasized that as well. There is no randomness about this audit. None. Okay. It's you don't need a PhD or you don't need a safety consultant to go into your CSA scorecard and see that your best driver that moves the most freight is the one with the most violations and a DOT crash. Guess who they're going to audit? Have to by policy, but they fall. But good question, it's not random at all. A carrier owner in the audience brought up the audit targeting potential with respect to a driver involved in a crash that was not his fault. Given the crash will sit on the motor carrier's record regardless of fault. There's nothing you can do about that, right? He asked. Davis brought up the Crash Preventability Determination Program for challenging specific crash types with the following succinct explanation. For much more about the program, search How to Data Queue a Crash at OverdriveOnline.com. Basically, use the Data Queue system to submit a qualifying crash for review and, if determined not preventable, crashes removed from calculation of carrier CSA basic scores, as Davis here explained. But there are some accidents, it's a very narrow corridor of the types of accidents that you can challenge through the data queue process, all right? A lot of accidents we feel like we should be able to challenge, we cannot challenge, all right? It's a very small corridor. 
you send that in on our data queue challenge. Uh, just before you check yourself into the rest home, they'll come back with an answer and say it's either preventable or non-preventable. After you send them the driver's medical, send them the police report three times, so on and so forth. Okay, But there is a way to do that. Now, that crash will never be totally erased. It'll be on there and it'll be determined as non-preventable. And the points will be taken off your CSA scorecard. All right. Keep moving here, we've got a couple more minutes. What the agency uses now to audit logs is a algorithm called ERODS. Broadly, ERODS is actually a piece of software. ERODS takes a data packet from your ELD. You're not sending on no sample of three drivers. We're not sending over PDFs of the logs. We're not printing out the logs and letting them count the logs. What we're doing is sending a data packet of that ELD information over through our ELD system. We can't see it, we can't smell it, we can't taste it, we can't touch it. We had one ELD provider that went to the top of the, the, the chart in light of frequency. All the compliance enforcement people keep the number one downloaded logs across the United States. And this bizarre, one of these bizarre softwares nobody heard was in the number three spot. So this happened in Ohio. So the, the DOT goes in and says, hey, we're not here to audit you. Let's see what's going on. You know what they found out? Each ELD system must shake hands with the FMCSA's web server once a day. Hey, we're out here. If you need data, we're hooked up. What this ELD provider did was send in every log every day to the FMCSA. <laughs> So pretty interesting. But anyway, ELD, what it, ERODS, what it does is it takes that data and it puts it onto its own electronic log. You can see here that we have the GPS pings every hour, and this is latitude and longitude. All the auditor has to do is run his mouse over that. And uh, if he clicks a button, he can see the last 20 events backwards or the next 20 events forward. Now, I got a method to my madness, so when I hang in there, I can see you looking at me like that while we're going with this thing, okay? What it, what it does is it instantly sorts the law. One of the biggest problems we're having in safety right now is we've got all this data, CSA, ELDs, cameras. We got so much data, we're over, we need data managers, not safety directors. That's where this thing has gone. So here is a log that's been sent over, and you can see at the top, we can't see this on our software program, but there's an hour and 17 minutes of unidentified driving on this log, okay? So that means a truck moved for an hour and 17 minutes, and wasn't logged in. But if you see, and the may have trouble in the back, but right here, we're in the sleeper berth. Man, there's a lot of stuff happens in the sleeper berth. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking either. There's a lot of creeping, moving, all sorts of other stuff going on. But we're gonna look at this little section right in here, okay? Because we've got movement during a sleeper berth period, okay? So what ERODS does is it takes that little segment puts it into a nice little spreadsheet vertically. We're used to looking at a log horizontally from midnight to midnight. What happened? What ERODS does is takes all that data, 
unassigned miles, disconnects, malfunctions, all that stuff, and it puts it right on the lawn for the auditor. I finally got to wit's end. I've worked for two and a half years trying to get the FMCSA to release a public working copy of this program. I went back three years ago. I went to all the major software providers, ELD providers, and begged them to write this program, and nobody would. I don't know if it's that complicated or not. But you can see how easy it is. It's like the head of enforcement told me, you know what, Jeff? It's made every one of my auditors into a superstar. This is the same program that they use on our drivers out on the road, but they're only looking at eight days. Have any of you seen some violations where a driver gets a misuse of personal conveyance and it was four days earlier? That was E-Rods that pulled that out. So what we learned from that is if a driver doesn't accept the miles on Monday and just lets them go, He's going to live with his sins for the next seven days. In other words, if a small fleet back office attempts to appropriately sign miles to a driver that were not logged correctly, those unassigned miles Davis mentioned earlier, and the driver doesn't accept them, the driver and the carrier are open to potential roadside violations for the next seven days. E-Rods makes it easy for inspectors to find them. Fortunately, as Davis gets into and what follows, small fleets with good ELD programs have tools to get at all those unassigned miles as a log auditor themselves to make sure they're accounted for as they should be. Same goes for another common violation Davis sees often enough in audits. Or if he misuses personal conveyance, he's going to live with his sin. So it's a real change on the highway with our drivers. Uh, that would be another seminar that would start tomorrow at 8. And after the protesters are out of here, then we'd get to it. You know, I've done a couple of town halls on personal conveyance. And you talk about somebody dancing like me. I'm Mr. Like This. I'm dancing so hard my shoes are wearing out by the time those things are over with. Real quickly, last slide. Uh, we're going to show one more unassigned miles. This is the correct way to audit an ELD. I have so many owners of companies come to me and say, hey, I want to cut my safety department back. We've got these electronic logs. I can tell you when, you know, where my trucks are. I can, here's my hours of service violation report. And I always stop those guys, these owners. I say, well, show me your unassigned miles. Well, what's that? Well, let's go look it up. What are these 70,000 miles you had last month? Where did they go? Well, I didn't know it did that. You know what? Somebody's got to manage that. So here, first layer is your hours of service violation report. Then you've got if your software has it, and many don't. This is a required report, unassigned miles. But personal conveyance, very few of them have a personal conveyance report, so you can't even see when it's used. Edits, how your driver edits it, and disconnects or malfunctions. Then the second layer is odometer jumps, off-duty sleeper berth creeps. That's what we just saw in our example. We had somebody creeping in the sleeper berth, power on, power off, fuel purchase transactions. God, we thought we'd get rid of matching fuel. You know, the time you swipe the card, it is the greatest predictor of either a malfunctioning unit or the driver pulling some shenanigans. You would be shocked. And by the way, as a little tip, I'm not asking you to audit fuel, but the FMCSA will use it against you. 
So if you do a survey of your drivers, just go into their log, match it to the fuel transaction report and see how many of them log that off duty because all fueling has to be done what? Every one of those is a false log. But if you propose an edit, which you have every right and responsibility to do with the ELD regulation, the driver accepts that, it's no longer false log or an edit log. Promise last slide, just for our unassigned man up front here. Uh, the only time ever I've seen actual DOT audit regulations hard-coded into the safety regulations. And it says upon every request from an inspector or investigator, the motor carrier must produce the unassigned mileage report. It's the only required report on the very reports that could, that could be on an ELD. Here's an Omnitrax log. Pretty simple, driver comes in, he's off duty, takes the rest of the day off and goes fishing, okay? Until we run the unassigned miles report and the unassigned miles report shows he's in Washington PA at 2148. So what really happened was he went a trucking, all right? Now, how'd we find that? We found that from the unassigned miles report. If this log was run through E-Rods, it would put it right there unassigned miles. This is man against machine. All right. I'm not here to scare you. I'm just telling you that this ELD situation is out of control because they are using a computer algorithm to audit your logs on things that you've never looked at before. Everybody says, hey, my average of service is only 1%. That's great. Tell me what your false logs are. Well, I have no idea what false logs are. We go on all after. And just what was the number two critical violation uncovered in audits in all of 2021? As I reported last week, it was, quote, false reports of records of duty status. Just what Davis referred to there. False logs. And we're back at the beginning of a fashion. If you take nothing else from today's podcast. This is man. Take that one to heart before the auditors come calling. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with acoustic guitar and other additional support from Overdrive extra contributing writer and trucker songwriter, long haul Paul Marhofer. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive news editor, Matt Cole, social media coordinator, Holly Young, and executive editor, Alex Lockie. Till next time, keep it broad. Yeah.